Good morning. When Mr. Doherty was talking about uh, going through books, we're uh, Sunday mornings we're preaching through the Gospel of, of Luke, and uh, someone met me on the streets of Heartland the other day, and uh, they were asking me. They said. Uh, what are you preaching on? What topics? And I said, well, it all depends whatever comes next. And I was talking about the fact that right now we're in Luke chapter 8. Sunday I spoke on demon possession. That raises an eyebrow. And, uh, but anyway, as we uh, preach, uh, this uh, dear lady said to me, she said, how long do you think you'll be there? I said, till we get through uh, Luke. And she says, man, those people must be bored to tears. And I thought, oh, my. But she said, why don't you do more topical? Well, I says, it's always interesting because you find a new topic every time when you go to the next passage. And uh, there's something to be said for doing uh, preaching verse by verse uh, through books in the Bible. I do Luke. Um, on Sunday morning, I'm doing the book of Galatians in Sunday school. I'm doing uh, Romans chapter 12 uh, in Sunday evening. And then tonight, we're working through the Psalms. So I, uh, there are times I get things mixed up. I quote Psalms when I should be in Luke, but that goes with getting old. So take your Bibles this morning and turn to the uh, Gospel of John, chapter 4, please. <clears throat> Yesterday morning we looked at worship and supremacy, that in all things he might uh, have preeminence. The supremacy of things. This morning we want to look at worship in spirit and in truth. And thank you, worship team, for singing that song. Because if I was going to have a theme song for our time together, it would be that, the heart of worship. So I appreciate you singing that this morning. Thank you. We're all familiar with the passage of Jesus and the woman at the well. So with that in mind, let's start at verse uh, 20, please. Verse 19, the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit. And in truth, let's pray. 
Father, we thank you today for the privilege of looking into the Word of God. And we pray, God, that you would help us to be sensitive to these very words of Jesus. May the things that we say be that which would be pleasing unto you. And we pray that we might see the truth of your word, not anything about man, but may we see the truth of your word and may it live within our hearts this morning. In Christ's name, amen. Anytime you go to witness, you always get some mixed results. For example, in John chapter 3, Jesus witnessed to Nicodemus. And there was a lot of confusion on Nicodemus' mind. John chapter 4, we find that um, Jesus, by divine appointment, was at the well to meet this dear woman. And Jesus, being who he is, got very personal about this lady's life. And when he got really started getting uh, close to things, she tried to change the subject. If you've done much witnessing, you notice that with people. When uh, you're trying to share the, to them and you're really getting to a point where they're feeling uncomfortable, they'll start with things like, well, you know, the church is full of hypocrites, or, or, I, or they'll try to get you sidetracked. Well, this woman was trying to get Jesus sidetracked, and so the topic that she chose was the difference of worship between the Samaritans and the Jews. There was a different, a difference in method. There was the Samaritan method of worship, and there was the Jewish method of worship. The Samaritan style of worship lacked spiritual knowledge. It was very, very limited. Their worship was characterized by enthusiastic worship. A lot of emotion. Little information, but a lot of emotion. Where the Jewish style of worship was the opposite. They had the truth. They had the things that God had given them. And they knew the truth. They knew the law. They knew the things that they ought to be teaching. And yet, there was something missing. There was a lack of spirit. And Jesus said in John 4, verse 22, you worship that which you do not know. And the reason Jesus said this to the woman was she did not have the biblical understanding of knowing the truth. And yet, with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all of their teaching, Jesus said this, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship, as the New Living Translation says, is a farce. So we have two extremes, the Samaritan and we have the Jewish. 
And this was what the discussion was about. And today, we have two extremes. Those who say that they are in the camp of spirit, and those who say they're in the camp of truth. Those who are in the camp of the spirit, when you talk about worship, a high percentage of the things that they think about has to pertain to music. And you have to have certain music, a certain way to create a certain atmosphere. And by that, if it has a certain way about it, and you come away with a sense of feeling, we say, man, that was a good service. Yet, there's the other aspect, truth, where you find some of our churches are firm with good, solid, biblical doctrine and teaching. And they stand upon the truth of the Word of God. But there's no fervency in spirit. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 11, that we are to be fervent in spirit. They know the truth. They want to hear the truth. But there is no fire. And the Word of God says, to properly worship, there must be spirit. And there must be truth. And to quote one of my favorite preachers, who probably I've stole more sermon outlines from than anyone I know, Warren W. Worsby. Worsby has said, blessed are the balanced. And we need a balance in relation to spirit and in truth. So, for the part that we have here this morning, I want to look at those two. First of all, worship in spirit. What does it mean to worship in spirit? Well, this refers, coming back to what we talked about yesterday morning, about the inner person, the human spirit connecting with the Holy Spirit. I believe one of the things When God placed the Holy Spirit of God inside of us, one of the reasons he was placed inside of us was to help us and to lead us to worship from our hearts. And as our spirit, who we are, and the Holy Spirit connects, then from that flows what's on the inside comes out. It is not, it is not an external activity for which an environment must be created. We have a lot of people who are very, very professional at that. They create an atmosphere. If we do this, and we do this, and we have this kind of music, We sing this kind of song, we're going to get this kind of result. And they've got it all set up. But that's not worship. Worship is when the Spirit of God moves inside of us 
and we respond to what the working of the Holy Spirit is doing within our lives. One of the things uh, I told you last week, or last week, yesterday morning, did I tell you what one of my favorite things was? Does anybody remember? Ah, good, sports. I had a young lady said she was a Boston fan too, and I said, bless her heart. Bless her heart. Anyway, next to sports, my second favorite interest is in music. I love music. I listen to a wide range. My wife, has, she's got a very narrow, narrow, narrow position on music. And our satellite radio, all I hear when I go in there is contemporary, contemporary, contemporary. Because I know my wife's been in the car. I like bluegrass, country. I like Gaither style. Oh, wow, yeah. I like contemporary. I like all kinds of music. When our kids were all, t- we had our five kids, bless their hearts, we had five teenagers all at once. It was wonderful having five preschoolers, but it's a disaster when you have five teenagers. Four of which are girls, and you're trying to fight for room to get into the bathroom. And it was back when those bangs were in. And man, if you lit a match in the bathroom, it could have blown the wall out. Anyway, I do remember we took our, we took our kids to Soul Fest. Anybody ever been to Soul Fest in New Hampshire? Yeah, okay. We took them to Soul Fest. And we tented at Soul Fest on a dirt road. Our shower was the cold brook. I only went once. (laughs) And it wasn't because the music wasn't good. It was simply because I said, next time I'm going to get a Best Western or something. (laughs) But anyway, I watched young people. And when we were at Soul Fest, the music was wonderful. But so many were so hung up on the spirit of the music itself. They missed totally what the groups were trying to say. We have a lot of that. A lot of that in our, in our uh, uh, concerts and things. Uh, and, and those things, these groups, many of them are, are very, very godly people. But some of the results that happen out there with some of the young people, they're not focused on where the group's at. They're wondering whether they can go, they want to go from one high to another high to another high. And believe me, I know what that's like because I, I wasn't always raised Baptist. I was raised Pentecost. So, and, and I understand some of the, the dynamics. I, I used to go to camp meeting all the time. And we'd sing a chorus. I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. We'd sing that 90 times. And the whole thing was, is how much can you work people out? That is not of the Spirit. What real worship is, 
is when our hearts are moved by God. Not some emotional. You see, the problem with emotions, you can be, it's like a roller coaster ride. You can be high one minute. The trouble is you're going to come down. And you're up and you're down. And you're up and you're down. And it creates a real instability in our walk with the Lord. I like what David said in Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. The Spirit of God, bless His holy name. So there must be this genuineness. So where does that come from? We've got to move quickly. Turn to James 4. This is a passage you're familiar with because Mr. Doherty dealt with this about drawing nigh to God. Y'all remember this? Do you remember it? Didn't you teach us? Okay. (laughs) James chapter 4. In James 4, it says in verse 8, Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. That's the connecting. Now, there's a process. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament, mourn, weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself in the sight of God and he will lift you up. To worship him in spirit, we must yield to the Holy Spirit of God. We must draw near to him. Now on Friday, we're going to talk about this. How we can do this in Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2. But we must yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit of God. Number two, we must have our thoughts centered on God. Number three, we must have an undivided heart. We cannot be torn in two different directions. And we must have a repentive spirit. You see, there are things that we have to do to worship God in spirit. And one of those things is, Lord, search my heart. See if there's anything in there that is self-centered. And so much today of what is referred to as worship is nothing more than self-centeredness. Both in spirit and in truth, people say, I'm not going to that church. Didn't like to worship. I'm not going to that church. Didn't like the preaching. It's all about what I like and what I don't like. What about the Holy Spirit? We must be repentant of self. We must not be pulled in two different directions. But we ought to be pulled in the direction of wanting to worship God. But there has to be a yieldedness. For example, you have to have your private worship if public worship is going to be effective. You see, I'm a firm believer that God's people need to go to God's house worshiping. Not to go there to worship, but their hearts are already worshiping. 
Because they've met with the Lord, their hearts are prepared, and when they go, they are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and they worship from their hearts. And there's nothing more than a church full of people who are worshiping from their heart because the Holy Spirit has done a work inside of them. Worship in spirit. Number two, worship in truth. Pilate asked, what is truth? When Jesus was making his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, he said this in verse 17, as he was talking to the Father, he says, your word is truth. A part a very important part of worship is the proclamation, the teaching of the Word of God. That is so vital. That is so important. And in our society today, we've got things so lopsided, and somebody said to me, They said, how much time do you spend in your service and worship? And I said, well, I said, I like to think the whole hour and 15, 20 minutes that we're there is all worship. You know what they were referring to? They weren't referring to the preaching. They were referring something to the music. Had another person not long ago ask me, Don't you think there should be 45 to 50 minutes of worship and praise? I said, I have no problem with that. Then I asked them, I said, how much preaching? All 10 minutes? Here's my philosophy. I have nothing against, not a thing against worship and praise music. I could do it for an hour. But here's my thing. Blessed are the what? Balanced. If you're going to have 45 minutes of worship and praise, you also need 45 minutes to 50 minutes of preaching of the word. And so what you need is a good, healthy balance of the two things together. And preaching is an act of worship where the passage, whatever thing, whatever passage one is preaching on, that is being presented as an act of worship before God. Just like the offering is an act of worship. Every aspect is an act of worship before him. That's why it should be called a worship service. But what's the problem? Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. I have two passages to deal with. And I am, I'm learning that I'm going to go to the bell. If there's no bell, you're here for the rest of the morning. All right, look at chapter 4, verse 2. Now, Paul is writing to a young pastor. And this young pastor was pastor of First Baptist Church in Ephesus. And he said this to him. One older pastor 
talking to a younger pastor. He says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come, 2013, when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, what they want, because they have itching ears, they'll heap up for themselves their own teachers who will only do it for 10 minutes. And they'll turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. The word of God needs to be preached. And there will be those who do not want to hear the word of God preached. And I remember, i got time, I'm going to tell this story. We were in Fredericton, we were going to see Mercy Me, one of my favorite groups. And I had to stand in line for a long period of time before we get in. And these young ladies were in front of me. And the discussion amongst those young ladies were, uh, how one had left one church, another one said she had left her church. And, and, and they were, the whole discussion was, I just don't like it. There's too much preaching. How can people be grounded and rooted in their faith if you don't have the preaching and teaching of the Word of God? There needs to be a real sense that the truth has to be proclaimed. And there will be those who will try to manipulate and develop things so that they have their own people who will do what they want. That's what we want, right there. That's what we want. But the whole question isn't what we want. What's God want? Young people, please, I say this from the depths of my heart. Plug into what God wants. He wants us to worship in spirit, which has life. Please, I'm not in favor of something dead. Something is dead, bury it. We need to have places that are alive. My father told me this a long time ago. He says, son, if the horse is dead, get off of it. I never forgot that. And there needs to be more of that. But here's the balance. Balance is found in Colossians 3. Would you turn there? Colossians chapter 3. You're looking for a healthy balance in this whole issue. Look at verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in wisdom, teaching, and that it may dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts, 
to the Lord. What do you have there? You've got music. You've got truth. And they both are to minister to you. But when it says, let the word of God dwell in you richly, catch this truth. There needs to be the preaching of the word of God so that the word of God will dwell in you richly. But notice, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord, that also has to have the truth of God's word. Follow this very carefully. The music is to be full of content of God's word so that will dwell in your hearts and you can feed upon it. Not some of the Mickey Mouse stuff that has no content. The preaching needs to have good, sound, biblical, doctrinal content. Do you agree? But the music also needs to have sound, biblical content. And if you have a hard time finding God in the song, get rid of it. I'm not saying you can't listen to it, but that's not a part of worship. It's not a part of worship. There should be the balance of content of the truth and the spirit where our hearts are overflowing with joy. Young people, worship the Lord Jesus Christ in spirit and in truth. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your word. And help us, Lord, to be sensitive to what you directed this dear woman at the well. And help us, Lord, to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit who you've placed inside of us. And help us, Lord, to be sensitive to the word of God that you've given to us. These are two wonderful gifts from your hand. And help us to realize that you've given us the Holy Spirit and you've given us the word of God to lead us in worship. In Jesus' name, amen.